Season three, episode 26 of The Deacon and the Doctor, we talk through this issue where schools are eliminating advanced mathematics because they feel like it's inequitable, but do we think that's fair to the students? Uh, we talk about reselling of Taylor Swift specifically, but just in general reselling of concert tickets. Is that business or is it you know, really an unfair practice? Uh, and then we talk a little bit about these old guys in movies. So check us out, Deacon and the Doctor. Welcome to the Deacon and the Doctor. I'm Deacon Bill. And I'm Dr. Rhonda. And this is a podcast where we are going to talk about real events, like we're sitting at the kitchen table at home. We are sitting at the kitchen table, folks. So pull up a chair and come and join us. And welcome to the Deacon... And the doctor. Welcome to the Deacon and the Doctor. Quick disclaimer here. The views that we express on this show... Our views, people, our views. ...are just ours. They don't represent the views of the Catholic Church or any church within the Catholic Church or any or other Or any educational institution. It is the doctor's views or my views, and that's it. But we're also looking to learn more about what you think on the show. So please share with us. You can reach us on Twitter uh, or Instagram or any of those other social media ways that you reach people. Uh, But we'd love to hear your thoughts on topics uh, or anything else you'd like us to, uh, to do on this show. Because the deacon and the doctor should be inclusive for everybody. So thanks for joining us. Hello, Deacon Bill. Hello, Dr. Rhonda. What's going on? So I saw this happen in the Cambridge, Massachusetts public school system, but I think it's probably maybe wider spread. Uh, They have decided to eliminate advanced mathematics from their middle school programs. So they've algebra. Algebra. So. Which is advanced for middle schoolers, right? Sure. I didn't take algebra until I was like a sophomore or junior in high school. So I think that's advanced for middle schoolers. Okay. It's, but yeah, no. Um, yeah, it's it's been a trend across the United States. But um, to, to kind of eliminate algebra and the thoughts are that it's not, it's it's an equity thing. So what I read was Cambridge... You know, like the whatever, the Board of Education, whatever it is, said, we have to do this because the majority of the students who are taking algebra in middle school are either white or Asian. So if I'm a white or Asian parent, I'm wondering why you taking something from my kids if they can handle it. But statistically speaking, there have been research done that shows that taking algebra in eighth grade could potentially negative have a negative impact on students. And I mean, yeah, if you're a math whiz and you're going to be there anyway, but like how many of those kids are in that algebra class? Because your parents know that you need algebra in eighth grade grade to be tracked into a certain, you know, like you're interested in STEM, you know, and you want to go to this engineering school Well, you need that algebra. I mean, even like the Naval Academy, know, knowing and having spoke to some folks that are on that admission side, like that's what they look for. If that's that's how they target 
individuals like if they're if they're trying to get more people from a certain area they're going to the eighth grade and looking at looking for the eighth grader that that is taking algebra and advanced math right they're not yeah they're not you're not saying oh yeah everybody took math eight so everybody's great right Right. (laughs) nobody's doing that but but um, even in your background you took i took algebra in middle school right but i like math and then you took calculus and like what do you mean senior year senior in high school yeah. right yeah. yeah i mean way advanced over me right so uh, my whole thing is we're eliminating opportunities for children because dot 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 yeah. why are we taking opportunities away from and, children and i can i can say that it well you know it's one thing if it's like Students' ability, it's a whole nother thing. Like you have a lot of influence, parental influence that causes parents to want to push their child into, like if, if you were pushing the algebra when you were in eighth grade and you weren't ready for it, then it, it takes you away from being willing to take more advanced math coursework, right? You're not going to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to sign up for the next class because I really love that algebra class so much that my mom or my dad made me sign well, up for, right? Fair. So um and it's just a matter of like and that's that's there's been a push in education to get the higher level math out of middle school but then that causes a kid to have to double up in math coursework i you know, i guess what i also if they see want though, to, if they want to have their transcript read the way that a lot of these colleges and universities want, want it to read, read right yeah or it's going to cause the parent with means to, pay, to pull I their can pay, kid out of public school. I can pull my kid out. I can pay for my kid to take the course over the summer. I, I can pay for a tutor. I could right. do all yeah. of these other things. I think it widens the equity gap, not shrink it. Well, if if things aren't being done, though, you said in Cambridge, the, the white and the Asian students are the primary benefit. That's what in, their in, uh, in, that, that's what board of education said. Not so me. If that, that wasn't big so, Well, whatever article you read <laughs> said it, right? right. So if, that's, if the article you read said that, then, you know, somewhere my question for the board is, what are you doing to help in elementary school that the students that aren't right. able to take algebra? What kind of Amen. systems do you have in place? Or can you put in place to allow students to be able to take the algebra class? And there are some schools, some school districts, some school schools that were trying to offer algebra as the math class for eighth graders. Yeah. Right. So you either if, if I do that, but I my students have had learning loss. And they they aren't able to meet the because algebra one is a is a high school level class they have right. to they have to take and pass um well in our district they you know they that that goes on their high school transcript mm-hmm. so you know you gotta be and and you, that that's like the found foundations for a lot of other stuff too that if you don't understand the foundations and I know from tutoring grown folks. Trying like to, me, trying to help them. <laughs> Doctor Rhonda do, tutored me through the Naval Academy, so. No, I'm talking about now, <laughs> like tutoring 
adults that just, you know, just simple algebraic expressions and being yeah. able to yeah, yeah, yeah. isolate a variable. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, that's not something that is intuitive mm-hmm. for them. And, you know, they're trying to pass a test and it's just like, oh, I don't, you know, like, how many ways can I tell you? But I need you to practice. And if you don't practice it, but if you don't have that thinking that, 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 and that is something that, um, you know, you increase your, it's a different type of thinking. Sure. Right. And sure. into if exposing students, and that's where some people say, you know, you're exposing students to this certain way of realizing problem solving. Yeah. That so I, I guess this is benefit. what I would tell you are an educator. I am not. But when an educator looks at me and says, well, look, we have an issue here where we're reaching this part of the population, not that part of the population. And so to me, that says two things, right? That either says, why are we not reaching this part of the population? What can we do to reach them but I can tell, and help and encourage? So I can tell you, I can do everything within my power. I can provide every one of my students with the same opportunity. If I said to you, you know, Bill, all you have to do, go home every night, spend five minutes doing X, and sure. you'll, you'll have this, right? How many Bills aren't going to go home and spend that five minutes? But it's not because they can't spend the five minutes. They might have a circumstance and situation at home that doesn't allow them to. There might be a student that's willing to put in that five minutes, but their home life doesn't. So I tell you that in a classroom full of students, and I tell 30 students that everybody's five minutes is going to be different. You know, whether that child has that table to work at, whether that child is able to use their you know, device to do whatever do they, they need have to do. A, a house you know, to work in. If do they that, have, yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. know. You don't. So, as educators, we are blind on that side of it. We don't see that side of it, right? So, there might be some b- black and Hispanic students out there that very well could be in algebra, but because when the test was offered to test in to see if you could take algebra. They couldn't make it because their parents couldn't make it. Yeah. There could, and yeah. I'm, that's not to say that there are not any white or Asian kids that can't same, take it. Same, right, the right. same same thing. But you don't, we don't, we only know part of the and see part of the circumstances and situations. And and that's where, like, I don't, know, I I'm a, I'm a huge believer in the community based education approach. And what's community based education approach? It's where. We create an environment where families can come. So, in other words, you don't just drop your kid off and yeah, I'm, I'm not worry about I'm them. With the well, I'm just saying, you just ask make, the question. I'm just making sure that you know what you're talking about. <laughs> you know, um, but you know, maybe we offer adult education classes. Maybe we offer banking and financial management classes. Maybe we offer all of these right. things for the but, parents and the adults. But you, you or know, English you, as a second you language. Say, you say that, but if I'm if I'm hustling. And I got to have two or three hustles to make ends meet. I don't have time to go to your community, whatever you have. Are you going to pay me to go to that thing? Sure. Okay. Well, you make, write some grants and pay me. We have money for all of these things. We just choose to prioritize it differently. Who who does? We, the American people. Because who controls this government? We're a republic, not a democracy. I know. Right. 
Uh, at the local government level, we're mostly a democracy. At the national level, I know we're a republic. But I'm just saying, like, we vote for these things. We would rather have more money in our pocket than give money for programs like this, right? I mean, that's where we yeah, look at what be- is important to us well, as a people. My bottom bottom dollar. Yeah, that's the that's what's important to most people, but some people don't even have that those dollars to. So I just when I hear this, the, like the first reaction I have is this: Look, when I was in the Marine Corps, there were certain units that I was a part of that I had to test into, either physical test or or mentally test into. And when those units would get too small, and people would be like, "Well, we need more Marines in this unit, we should lower the standards." I was like, "No." Well, you don't I, lower the standards. So I will say this. You help in some, other people. In some instances, the standard is not where it needs to be for you to meet success. Yeah. Sometimes the standard, and especially in like that physical military stuff, like the standards were like, okay, we're going to put the standards up here when they don't need to be. Like at the Naval Academy, people were getting kicked, kicked out of the Naval Academy, sent home because they couldn't meet the Naval Academy standards but they could have easily met the fleet standard. So sure. that's like the yeah, stuff yeah, yeah. that is like, okay, why do you need that exorbitant right, amount? Fair. To, yeah. to, it's so These sometimes the standards need, yeah, yeah, yeah. Need, need to be adjusted. Yeah. And that, that's in, in a lot of things. But, um, you know, there, there's, you know there, there's a high rate of, oh, yeah, you're not making it out of here because we set our standard super duper high. Hopefully that those things are changed. I mean, we're a lot of years. No, no, fair. But I'm just saying, like to me, it's you know, like we also aren't talking about the kid who's now sitting in a math class that is far too easy for them, right? And they don't have the opportunity to take a math class that challenges them, or or test them at the ability they should be tested. So, so that's where I say, like, yeah, you could. So now that kid's gonna act out, get in trouble. Now we're gonna punish that. Maybe that kid doesn't act out and get in trouble. Maybe if you just fall asleep in the back of the room, they don't have to fall asleep. But if you're doing if you're doing your job as an educator, you you still challenge that kid. You don't let that kid just okay. Yes, you you've met this standard, but here's your activity that you can do or your thing that you can do. Give the kid a project. Give them something to do to that. Give them something that they can continue to develop that um you know their minds and there are ways around that but people are lazy too so teachers included yeah sometimes that doesn't happen because it's just easy to say okay well you know bill you got you did all your work okay well fine we can all right so how about this one uh i know that you dr Rhonda, are not a swifty but you probably know some right so, I don't even know that I know. A Swifty is somebody who's a big Taylor Swift fan. She's in concert right now. Uh, and there are people out there that are paying, let's say, three, $400 for a Taylor Swift ticket. Uh, they're probably paying more than that. And then reselling it on the open market for three, $4,000. And people are willing to pay that because they told their, I told my daughter I was going to take her to the Taylor Swift concert. And I'm going to pay whatever it takes. It's a once in a lifetime thing. So is that immoral or is that capitalism? It's some immoral capitalism. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I believe. 
I mean, like, how do you sleep? And this is this the instance that we're talking about is for me is that instance where okay, I got some like I got a windfall. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna go in and buy these tickets on off of Ticketmaster, and I'm gonna sell them, upsell them, knowing that I don't have any intention of going to this concert. I could care less about Taylor Swift. Yeah, so that's that's the that's. A, Problematic, and I mean, there needs to be a way to stop that, in my opinion. Yeah. You know, it, the ticket goes to the person that it's being, you know, like, you got to write your name, and it's only your ticket. You you buy it, it's yours. Yeah. But then you keep other people from going out or limit. You limit the amount of tickets that can be bought. Sure. I know, like, when Bruce Springsteen had his show on Broadway... He talked about trying to eliminate scalpers because he, he hates that whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. He wants the person who bought the ticket to come and watch the show and enjoy the show. Right. But, you know, he talked about, like, the scalpers are just smarter than I am. Like, in my well, people, I mean, like, they keep the, coming up with better that's, ideas that's than we That's their can. job. You know, that's, that's, <laughs> they, make, they make a living doing it. So if that's my livelihood, then, of course, I'm going to learn how to get you to, okay, you selling this for... Forty dollars, okay. I'm gonna see if I can get it for, sell it for eighty. Right. I'm see if I can get one sixty. Let me get as much as I can. The the one idea I love, uh, Billy Joel, uh, who you know I was a fan of growing up. Um, but what he does when he does a concert now is he doesn't sell any tickets to his front row. And so what he does right. is before the show starts, he has his people go up to like the nosebleeds of whatever the venue is, the the last rows. Yeah. Find real fans. And he brings them down and they get to sit in the front row. They get that free upgrade. Yeah. Because yeah. he said he got tired of seeing these empty suits sitting in the front row who could care less about his music. There was just some corporate gig for them. He only does it for one row? He does it for the front row. Yeah. Uh. I wonder why I couldn't do it for the front three rows. Then he has his fans in the front three rows and not those suits. But guess what? Billy Joel needs that money too. So he's not giving up two rows of seats, just one row. That's all he, he's going to give up? Well, it's, you know, he's playing the piano, so he's just looking over seeing that front row. And he wants mm. to see people excited, right? And energized for his music. Um, like he only so wants to see we, one row of them. Yeah. So we were watching uh, a great uh, Wimbledon men's final. Yes. Uh, but, you know, talking about scalping tickets, right? They uh, they showed that how much the there tickets, was two, two seats, seats left. And how much they cost? $24,000. Like, yeah. To watch one tennis match. Yeah. Now, it was a pretty good match. I mean, it went like five hours. You got your... Well, I don't know. Like, is that you getting well, your money's worth? I don't <laughs> Looked know. like it was going to be fast, though. So uh, for those who didn't see, a 20-year-old, Carlos Alvarez, beats uh, uh, Novak Djokovic in mm-hmm. the final, right? Uh, the Joker was going for his 24th. He would have tied Margaret Court for, like, most Grand Slams ever. Right. Um, and so... Yeah, it's kind of again like old guy going against young, you know, young up and coming guy, right? Yeah. Uh, but the first set, uh, Joker wins six, six one, one, and I'm like, man, this thing's gonna be over in. But see, that's just, it just goes to show, you know, you he came out hot and heavy. Yeah. And but they said that Alcaraz was he he kind of was working into all of his matches 
Yeah. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it was it was neat to see. Um, you know, you leave, you go to church, you come back, and you're like, oh, <laughs> right. they're still playing. Let's tune back in. Because when we left, we were like, oh, let's, you know. It'll be over before we're right. done with church. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, so anyway, congratulations to Carlos. Uh, you know, let's see if he's the, the next the next best thing coming up in uh, tennis and all of that, right? Well, I mean, the, net, the, the thing that I thought was uh, kind of cool about him winning, it's only like his third or fourth time playing on grass. Yeah. He, you know, I guess Spain is big for clay. Right. Right. So right, right, he's right. good on clay, but he won the U.S. Open. Hardcourt, right. And then he went and played some Queens tournament. Yeah, which is also in England. It's like across town. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And, and then he wins Wimbledon. Like, yeah, it's like, yeah. oh, this is easy. I can do this all day. So that's, <laughs> I, and I guess that's, you know, you never consider, okay, the surface that you're playing on is going to yeah. make that much of a difference in your game. If you have game, you got game all around, right? But that's not, you, you have different strategies. It's kind of like, I guess, grass and astroturf. I don't know. Yeah, well. Yeah, all right. Like you had Rafael Nadal, who was a great clay court player, and he won a bunch of majors on clay, right? But he never could really. He struggled. Well, he won at Wimbledon, but well, yeah. struggled. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and Roger Federer. I mean, those two were going head to head all the time. But right Federer now. was winning Wimbledon. Better on grass, couldn't win on clay, right? Nadal was better on clay. Yeah. yeah. So it's always good to see a changing of the guard. I mean, I don't think that uh, Djokovic is going anywhere. I think he'll still be around, and mm-hmm. I mean, you, you know, you still want to win, but like when the person that you're playing against is like, yeah, I remember watching you win Wimbledon when I, I was, was a kid. kid. <laughs> you you know, motivated me to pick up tennis. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so somebody else who's facing that, LeBron James. Yes. Right. Yes. You know, twenty years in the league, he's now playing kids who were born. Born. Yeah. When well, he was playing in yep, the league, yep, yep, right? Yep. Um, so, uh, a lot of controversy around LeBron always, but this week especially. Uh, so, they had the ESPYs, the, the ESPN Sports Awards. I don't know what the stands for. Um, and he was given some award because he had just passed Kareem for the, yeah, the, scoring, the, the title. scoring title. And record. he came up and uh, he said, I know a lot of you are talking about me retiring and not playing anymore. You know, I want everybody to know that that day is not today. And like it caused this huge uproar. Right. And so people were like, nobody was talking about LeBron retiring. Like we all know he's going to try to play a couple more years till his kid comes into the league, right? Comes in, yeah. So, like, why would you do this, right? And so, like, are you trying to upstage the ESPYs and everybody's, you know, clutching their pearls and up in arms, right? Um, but like to me, the whole thing is like, this is the first time I've talked about the ESPYs in probably ten years. Yeah. So I like I think you if got, you're the ESPYs, you got, you're like, hey, you're giving us something, to, <laughs> giving somebody else something to talk about. Yes, true. Right. I, and I don't, I don't know, like, you know, is it LeBron making these things up? But people did ask him when they were eliminated out of the playoffs. If he, he brought it up when they got swept in the in the playoffs. Did he bring it up or did he a reporter? He brought it up. So maybe he's creating his own news. And, you know, the, like if Tom Brady, I think probably the most famous of athletes to do this. Mm-hmm. But you see athletes who just, and, and Jordan did this at times as well too, right? 
where they just kind of create these things, you know, to for motivation, like for whatever reason, right? Like, oh, you said I can't do this. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I'm ready this, to do it. Yeah, right. And I was watching the, the, an old interview with Reggie Miller, and they were asking him about Michael Jordan. He said. So they were playing a preseason game. Didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And Reggie was like, yeah, you know, like I came out in the first quarter. I had like 10 points. Uh, I had a couple of rebounds and, and I made a couple of shots over Mike. And I looked at him and I was like, yeah, I'm coming. I'm coming for you. Mm-hmm. Right. And Jordan looked at me and said, all right. And so he said in a preseason game, like Jordan normally would have played like the first quarter and then sat the rest of the game. Right. So, like, he went to Phil and was like, I- I'm going in. You know, yeah, kind yeah. of thing. I'm, st- I'm going to go out here so, and show Reggie Miller. He said, Reggie said, so Mike scored two points the first quarter, ended the game with 38. I scored 10 points the first quarter, ended the game with 12. 10, ten points. <laughs> yeah. And he said, and, and Mike walks off the court and looks at him and goes, but not today. <laughs> Right, but that's like the ultimate competitor, like yeah, Michael Jordan's. And Joker wasn't able to say that to Carlos, you know, but, on Sunday. But I, I think that's you know, those are those yeah. moments, right? But just like in in the in the tennis match, so you saw like the breakdown. You see, yeah, there was a definite time and space where I don't know what happened, but the serves weren't going right. The errors started happening. Things started to break down in his game. I think, and, yeah. and, and and so it might have been the time of the It was I think match. it was the second set. Carlos uh Alcaraz won won in a tiebreaker in the second set. And I think that's where he kinda like was like, Okay, I got this. All right. You know. Well not to get too inside baseball on everybody, you know, yeah. but uh, maybe. So uh you know, I'm loving my summer blockbuster movies. Oh, here we go with the movies again. But what I want to know is, why are all the movies starring these old guys? Like, Hollywood can't come up with no new action stars, so it's all the old guys filling the screen. Well, there have been some... There has to be a new youthful guy out there in action. Because none of the Marvel well, movies are like I feel like the Marvel movies maybe have like the younger guys starring in them, but but they're not out. Yeah, I mean, didn't we watch? Well, there was a cartoon Spider Man. That was a cartoon, so you can't really say Into young the, or yeah. old. Into Great movie though. Yeah, across um, the Spider Verse. But what what old movies are you talking? Who the who the old guys that are? So you out got eighty one year old Harrison Ford. But he's he, not, that's that's a franchise that he's right. been in for but how long? But he's going to be in the Captain America movie, too, that comes out. Why is he going to be in the Captain America movie? He's going to play, like, the president of the United States, and he's going to become, like, one of the Hulks. But that's all spoilers for what we're going to see in the next Captain America movie. <laughs> okay. He's going to become Red Hulk. But, uh, well, and we watched that uh, show on Netflix with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He's 75. He's still got the bills. The governor. He's still got bills to pay. <laughs> he has some alimony checks to pay to Maria but um, yeah and then uh, Liam Neeson's got a movie coming out he's 71 they still gotta eat Bill they still gotta eat <laughs> Liam Neeson by the way greatest line in a movie from that movie Taken what was the line when uh, so 
to Seth, for those who haven't seen the movie, right? His daughter, his daughter's about to get kidnapped, and the kidnapper's on the phone, and he tells the guy, he says, "Look, I don't have money, but what I have is a particular set of skills that makes me very dangerous for people like you. So if you let my daughter go, I will leave you alone. But if you take my daughter, I promise you, I will find you, and I will kill you." And like that sets up the movie. Like that's the greatest. That's line. the opener. Near the opening. It's not quite the opening of the movie, but it's it's towards the opening. Yeah, All the rest right, of the so, movie is him finding the guy. Yeah. So he hey he's good at that. and rescuing his daughter, of course. Yes. Yeah. Well, I I don't know. Like I feel like you know I know you Tom Cruise has a movie out. He's sixty one. So he's not quite and as he old as those other does guys. his own stunts. He's like Jackie Chan. Jackie Chan does his own stunts. He's getting old too, right? I don't think Jackie Chan doing any stunts no more. Well, he's not in the movie this summer, but. Uh, he, he was in a movie last year, I think, doing... He still does his own stunts, too. Right. But Tom Cruise rode a motorcycle off a cliff and, like, parachutes off the motorcycle. And he did that by, like... Are you sure he parachuted off? By, yes. Uh, you, how you know? They showed it on YouTube. Like, it, he's like, hey, look, I'm Tom Cruise. Like, he didn't... Like, it wasn't a stunt double. It was him doing it. Okay. If you say so. And... So he produces his own movies. So he's paying for it. So and he does like, his own stunts. So it's it's not that he's doing his own stunts because he don't want to pay a stunt person. <laughs> he, he doesn't want to pay the extra money. So he's like, I'm keeping it all. It's my money. And in and in one of the previous Mission Impossible movies, there's a scene where like he's underwater for a period of time, mm-hmm. and he was telling the story where like he actually trained like to hold his breath for up to six minutes, so that. Again, he could do that scene himself. So he yeah. does his own stunts. Well, that's good. I don't I know why. He some... Hey, <laughs> give him something to do. What are you going to do? I got to practice to hold my breath for six minutes for this movie that I'm getting ready to make. So give him something to do. Maybe that's, that's you know, good on him. Right. And then Keep uh, holding your breath. We're driving uh, motorcycles <laughs> off of mountains. That's what floats your boat. One day it's not going to go well, though. Right, and then not quite that age group, but uh, Vin Diesel did the the Fast and the Furious ten movie. He's fifty five, and The Rock's, you know, right up in that that age. I think The Rock is probably two years older than me, so he's probably fifty two. All right. So, yeah, just these older guys still getting it done, Rhonda. But Bill, I think that these older guys, it's always been that way in Hollywood. Yeah. Older guys have always been con- able to continue. Yeah. But women are not. Not the other one. Well, Why? Salma Hayek. Michelle Yeoh, 60-year-old Oscar winner. Let's not sell them short. Well, it took her a lot of years to get to that. Like, she had to be 60 to win because... Yeah. Freaking Hollywood. Someone else who does her own stunts, Michelle Yeoh. When doing it for us. Yeah. But, yeah, no. I mean, there's not a lot, though, of women that you can Fair. look to. Like, so... That's why Hollywood probably on strike. I don't know why they on strike. But <laughs> That's right, they are. They on strike. Yep. The so actors you, and the writers. You're now. not. You're not gonna. Get, your movies. Your some of your stuff is gonna be disrupted. That's true. That's don't true. matter to me. <laughs> I, I can Plenty watch, of reruns. I can watch the old stuff. Just be fine. <laughs> But that's one of the things and reasons that they're they're negotiating is because of like the um, streaming. They're, uh, not paid. they're not getting the they same get amount a, of money. They, they don't get residual residuals from the streaming. They only get a one time payment. So they someone was saying, you know, like yes, Adam Sandler's 
got paid twenty million to do something on Netflix, right. but that's all he sees. Mm. He doesn't see any other residuals unless he's like producer of the show, obviously, or something yeah, yeah, like yeah, that, yeah, right? Fair. But that's not built in, so that's one of the things that they're arguing about. The other thing I saw, because uh, they CGI like extras and things like that, rather than paying people to stand in mm. as extras, and then. We were watching this new uh, Secret Invasion show on uh, Disney, and they used AI to create the opening credit scene uh-huh. rather than paying animators to do the, you know and uh-huh. so so AI and will definitely be uh, kind of an issue. Yes, for who are we watching? That's right. Don't let the computers take your jobs, people. Don't let it happen. That's why they on strike. Yeah. So thanks, everybody, for tuning in uh, another week. Uh, Please tell your friends. Give us a like and a listen. We need 100 listeners, people. And we're out.